Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Empire. Teams are finding new ways to capture their audiences. The, the way we think about it, it it's a symbiotic relationship. We're, we're not competing with NBC Sports Washington for, for the rights. We, we hope, if anything, we're, we're magnifying, like I said, being marker channels for each other uh, to reach engagement and possible. That's Grant Hastings, Senior Vice President at Monumental Sports and Entertainment, where OTT solutions offer a variety of options to engage with fans old and new. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Leonsis family has built a vibrant sports empire in Washington, D.C. with the Capitals, Wizards, and other various live action and digital entities. Finding new ways for his content arm, Monumental Sports, to grow has been an interesting ride, too, and Grant Hastings has been leading that charge with help from Rick Allen, the CEO at the streaming platform ViewLift. Our guests this week are Rick Allen. He's the CEO of the video streaming company ViewLift and Grant Hastings, who's the senior vice president at Monumental Sports and Entertainment, which is the digital arm of the Washington Wizards, Washington Capitals, Washington Mystics, and other various properties under the Leonsis family. And we're going to talk about the rise and future of OTT. How are you both? Good, thanks. How are you? Great. Uh, Hey, Rick, let's start with you here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about ViewLift and, and what you do. Sure. Uh, We are the go-to sports streaming and monetization platform. We stream and monetize for leagues and teams, uh, their content from live games to the shoulder programming and lifestyle programming, provide consumer-facing data, and act really as the digital partner and backbone for folks like Monumental Sports Network, with whom we've worked uh, since 2015, actually, uh, and and have innovated this whole world of streaming, but also properties such as Buzzer, uh, Supercross, uh, the motorsport uh, provider of, of great uh, motorcycle racing, rugby both internationally uh, and domestically, the Italian Pro Basketball League, uh, the Russian Hockey League, Tampa Bay Lightning, range of folks, and an awful lot of media clients and entertainment companies. And Greg, talk to me about um, about how Monumental got into streaming initially. I know you all as a group, being local, have been forward-thinking with all of this, ahead of the curve with a number of y- the other partners that are in the major leagues. How have you guys kind of viewed it from six, seven years ago to where it is now? Yeah, so... I joined Monumental in 2014, and, and when I joined in 2014, uh, Monumental was just in the midst of starting to renegotiate its local television agreement 
um, with NBC Sports Washington, which was then Comcast Sportsnet Mid Atlantic. Um, you know, and as we were looking at things during that renegotiation, uh, that was when you were just starting to see, I would say, that the tip of the iceberg and the trend that you know everyone really focuses on now today, and in terms of cord cutting, cord shaving, and cord nevers. Um, you know, back then, 2014, I think there were you know there were just over 100 million cable households, and today, you know, I think new metrics just came out last month where we're you know we're down just over over 7 million. So it's obviously been a significant drop since that time. Um, and, and credit to the leadership here when I joined that they, they kind of saw that on the forefront. So as we were renegotiating our, our deal with, with NBC Sports Washington at the time, um, that was always in the back of our head of, all right, you know, cable is important. Media, local media in particular, is really important for teams and leagues. Um, but what about this, this base of mostly younger fans that are leading that cord cutting and, and the cord never movement? How are we going to reach them? How are we going to engage them? Um, and that's really where, you know, the thought of we need to be over the top OTT and start to launch something like Monumental Sports Network started. Um, in our negotiations with, with Comcast and NBC, I think they, they saw something similar and they agreed. And then in 2016, when we agreed to our new agreement um, with them, in conjunction with that, we also, together with an investment from NBC Sports, launched Mighty Metal Sports Network. Um, so it, it, it's kind of funny to think it's been, you know, 2016, it's been you know, six, seven years almost. Yeah. Uh, since time flies, but that, that was kind of the genesis of the platform. Okay. So tell me where you guys are now with that from the perspective of, um, not trying to compete with yourself for different avenues of distribution of your team content, lifestyle content, or whatever else is, is being produced down there to trying to reach all these different audiences in all these different places that they are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the way we look at it is what we really have is, is we have a, a local media ecosystem. You know, we think of monumental sports network as a sister network to NBC Sports Washington, we're Barker channels for each other. Um, you know, you, you can think of it similar to ESPN and ESPN Plus. Monumental Sports Network, we, we don't carry the, the live Capitals and Wizards games. That, that, of course, is the most valuable IP. Um, and that's still with NBC Sports Washington. They're, you know, either delivering that linearly to folks who are still on the cable bundle or on an authenticated basis to, to folks who want to watch it on their mobile or, or digital devices. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk about, you know, direct to consumer um, and, and packaging games like that on that basis. But but right now it's it's the Caps and Wizards are fully either through NBC Sports Washington on the channels or an authenticated basis. What we're offering on Monumental Sports Network are, you know, our the other content for the teams and actually in the region that we cover. So you mentioned earlier, you know, as part of our platform here at Monumental Sports Network, we're not only the Capitals Wizards, but we have WNBA team, Washington Mystics. We have an NBA G League team, the Capital City Go-Go. Uh, we have eSports with Wizards District Gaming. So we have a lot of other uh, brands and teams that we cover that we stream on the network. We also go out and we do live grassroots games. So we'll, do a full season featuring local high school football teams, do a full season featuring live high school basketball teams, 
just did a big tournament um, in Virginia this past weekend called the St. James MLK Classic, which featured an array of nationally and local teams uh, competing against each other. And then we'll also do original programming that is more relevant to the, to the Capitals and Wizards. Um, the summer after the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, we, we did a full-length doc that documented the, the, the Cup's travels around the world with the team as each player um, and staff member got their days with the Cup. So the, the way we think about it, it, it's a symbiotic relationship. We're, we're not competing with NBC Sports Washington for, for the rights. We, we hope, if anything, we're, we're magnifying and, like I said, being marker channels for each other uh, to reach engage as many fans as possible. Rick, from your perspective, um, obviously this, the OTT stuff has exploded. Um, and you mentioned a number of leagues that would benefit from this that don't have the type of access and eyeballs in linear television that say the Capitals or Wizards with NBC Sport Was- Sports Washington does. Things like the Russian Hockey League and rugby and other things that have not had major rights deals in the United States. Um, can you kind of just give me a viewpoint of the future of sport consumption um, from your view, as you kind of see what's happening globally with OTT? Yeah, that's a great question. As we look back, Grant's mentioned the fact that with Monumental, we had the opportunity to be real leaders in the field of over the top. That was driven by fan behavior, the desire to watch what you want to watch, when you want to watch it, and on the devices that you were most comfortable with at that moment. And you wanted to be able to do that and follow the game or pursue your other content as you were moving from a mobile experience and maybe back to the big screen. Um, Those consumer trends will continue in the future. And so over the top, rather than being tethered, uh, is clearly something that's here to stay. You also pointed to the fact that there is an enormous amount of great sports content coming on sports that may not be uh, have the profile in this country uh, of the major four big money sports. That's a great opportunity for consumers and for the leagues and teams for folks to get to know uh, sports like rugby, where they may have a casual a relationship, but not a deep team affinity. It's a great opportunity for the super fan to be able to access what they love, let's say basketball, and see it around the world, let's say from the Italian basketball leagues. That diversity and that global foundation, I think, is now open to all sports and all sports fans in ways that just simply couldn't exist before uh, over the top became a high delivery experience. So we'll see more sports, new sports uh, entering the marketplace and fans having the greater ability to search out the content they want and combine the live event or game experience with what's really a richer and more complete experience that may include data, may include free-to-play gaming, uh, and perhaps even gambling as sports gambling rolls out around the country. Where we feel lucky is to have the chance to work with an innovator like Monumental, 
so that we can understand fans' needs more completely and really try to serve them with new technology and new content. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Rick, take me through the tech. What does ViewLift provide for a league or or even a, a media personality who wants to start an OTT network themselves? Well, uh, we'd love to talk to you not only in this context, but uh, when, when the tape's turned off as, as well, Bram, because really what I think we provide is the capacity to take video and related content, certainly audio, but also text and pictures, and create services across all the major OTT devices, from your mobile devices, to smart TVs, to the providers like Roku and Apple TV and others. We went very, very early uh, in this field. We've been streaming content around the world since 2008. And really what we're providing to content owners, whether it's sports, media companies, independent film producers, and others, is the capacity to set up, in essence, their own channel across the full OTT universe. Whatever major device you wish to reach, whatever business model you may follow, you may have a sponsored or ad-supported business model, you may have a subscription offering, you may have pay-per-view, Grant mentioned NBC Sports, using the authenticated tied to cable subscription business model. Every business model you want, we have uh, experience in and can optimize. And we will bring your content to uh, your fans around the world or uh, segregated by geography as uh, your rights allow you. If you walk in with the content, we take every part of the journey from that point to associating the content with metadata so that your listeners can uh, personalize their experience, can look for greater content in a particular subject that you may be speaking to or an individual with whom you may be speaking. Um, we do all of the support, all of the monetization models and provide real-time analytics to you so you can see what kind of content is working uh, and uh, 
you know, what, what areas of the world are most responsive, what links of content seem to work with certain subjects. All of that data and analytics being available in real time and being monetized to the greatest possible extent allows a content uh, owner, content creator, to really provide the best uh, kind of information and entertainment to their fans. Grant, a couple questions about, um, and I don't know how much you can share with this, but I'm just more curious about it. And and that is the changing viewing habits generationally. Um, I'm kind of in a sweet spot of being middle-aged, but knowing what a cell phone is and using it, and it is a second screen for me, and I watch Wizards and Caps games on my mobile phone all the time. Um, I also like to sit on my couch and put it on a big screen as well and watch it linearly as well. Um, do you see the age range? Do you see the spot where this is changing and it is flipping over to, I don't know if mobile only is the way to go to say here, but, but where you see the literal change in viewing habits in real time. Absolutely. Uh, and you're right. And, and Grant alluded to this as well. And in describing how monumental focused from the beginning on younger fans, and what their consumption patterns were. Uh, popular culture, uh, consumption behavior of media, uh, all of that has historically tended to be driven by younger users. But that's now moved up and down the generations so that you see folks of all ages taking advantage of what streaming allows. It, it, within our family, uh, where we've got multiple generations of sports fans. We watch Wizards and Caps games on all sorts of different devices, depending where we are. I may be downstairs watching a game, a Caps game on a super large home TV. One of my sons may be elsewhere uh, having a game on their mobile device uh, or an iPad, uh, because they're running around doing something else as well. Um, and then, of course, when you're on the road, uh, the mobile consumption tends to be highest. But it also starts to factor into not only how we're watching games, but how we're enriching that game experience and following through on our own fan loyalties to our local teams and players because we'll use different devices at different times to participate in shorter form programming, to buy tickets, to uh, go and, and uh, get the latest Ovechkin jersey uh, and e-commerce of varying types. And I think we've all found in our own lives at whatever age we happen to be that the ease of use and the notion that somebody like Monumental is going to provide that comprehensive experience for us so that whenever we're interested in the teams at all levels, uh, we can do it through Monumental and have that full and comprehensive experience. Great. Yeah. Can, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to, I would add to that to, to your question, Bram. I mean, I, I think you kind of said it, you know, you said, you 
you have this phone in your hand for the second screen. I think for maybe some older generations, that's what it is. And, you know, a few years ago, it was all about, you know, what's the second screen experience and what's that? I think for the younger generations, though, that that's the primary screen. That's the first that, that they're using. And it, they just have very different consumption patterns than, than older users. You know, the, the first place they may go um, to look for their sports content or, or, or see something is, is a TikTok or, or a Twitter. They're going there, not, you know, not like us, you know, who I want to see what happened last night. I'm going to go find ESPN and turn on Sports Center uh, just from that habit of, of doing that while we were growing up. And uh, I, I think essentially what you have is you have generations that were always linear first, and that's how almost all traditional sports have been linear first uh, distributors to these new generations that, that are digital and mobile first. And, you know, that's one of the things we have, you know, I mentioned our NBA 2K league, but we have other investments in, in esports. And from the very beginning, that was one of the things that was most intriguing to, to us about esports is it's essentially the first digital first, um, you know, sports that, that, that's come about where everything else in the, in the past has been linear. So I, I think that's, that's the, that's the big difference between the generations. And, you know, Rick touched on, the delivery that you can give for these generations, these younger generations in particular, expect all the content and information to, to be there at their fingertips when they want it, where they want it. They also expect how they want it. You know, so I think to Rick's point earlier, personalization is, is also a big part of this and being able to define and deliver how they want and, and where they, where they want it. So how do you think through uh, and how is monumental thinking through presentation of Big major four sports leagues like the NHL and the NBA um, differently now to a younger generation. I guess the larger question is, is the game enough like it used to be for someone my age and older? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a great question. That's what everyone's thinking through. Um, you know, what comes to mind for me, and, and it was relevant this, this past weekend with the NFL, and, you know, they, they had the Sunday afternoon game that they were simulcasting on on Nickelodeon with the alternative, I think they call it the Slimecast, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I turn, you know, my kids, they'll, they'll sit down and they'll, they'll watch hockey. They love hockey. Uh, football has not been something that generally keeps their attention very long. But I turn on that Slimecast, and even the next morning, they wake up and they're like, hey, turn, turn on the football game with, with the slime. Like, like it's amazing how it engages them, and obviously they're they're a, a very much much younger gen- demographic than you know millennials or, or Gen Zs, who a lot of um, you know these changes are driven by, and you know who, who we're targeting to reach. But I, I think that's the way that that everyone's thinking from from the leagues to the teams to the distributors themselves of, of the content is how do you personalize whether it's through these alternative broadcasts, a manning cast or a slime cast, or is it implementing things like Rick said earlier, where you're integrating more, we're betting, um, gaming, free to play games into it. So I, I, I think it becomes a question of, of engagement. And I think there's no question that when you do integrate and incorporate things like the betting and the gaming, things like that, um, the engagement rises because it, it doesn't take much if, you know, if, if if I'm answering trivia questions or you know, I have a $5 bet on a game, I'm going to be more engaged and 
the outcome of that game than I would be if I didn't be if I if I didn't have a you know a, a pick or a, a bet on it. It's all really fascinating. Grant Hastings is the senior vice president at Monumental Sports and Entertainment, and Rick Allen is the CEO of ViewLift. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks very much, Bram. On the next Future Sport Podcast, a newish property finds a partnership and a new age platform. We have to filter out like what's considered like the quick hit that's going to do really well and then also influence the fans in the right way of letting them know like what's good basketball. So for us, it's more of we want to continue to be authentic to our audience. But at the same time, we also want to let them know like we're not going to reach too far beyond like who we are as, as a media platform as well, just because basketball can be taken in so many different ways. That's Matt Rodriguez, founder of the Hoops Crazy content arm Ball is Life. He and Tori Soka, chief content officer at Caffeine, are taking alternative content options and streamlining them into a new wave of engagement. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.